Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Moe here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Diamond McKenna, CEO of Diamond Assets based in Milton. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Alex. Thanks for having me. Of course. So just to get us started, why don't you provide a quick overview and background on your company? Definitely. Diamond Assets was founded in 2014. My husband and I founded it together. He had really Um, saw a niche. He had worked in the education space and technology sales. He had worked for an electronic recycler in the past, and he saw that there was a gap between what schools were doing with their current technology and the funding dollars in order to purchase new technology. And what recyclers were doing for these school districts was really a disservice. And we saw a place and an opening for us to come in and really help consult with these school districts on what they should be doing with their technology, how they can really leverage their used technology um, to support ongoing new purchases within their district. And from there, it was, you know, kind of a we thought we would test the market and see if it was really as feasible as we thought it would be. And it just grew. I mean, in 2018, we were number seven on Inc.'s um, top growing business, private business list. It's it's really been a whirlwind. Um, we do a lot of business in Wisconsin, but we're all over the country. We operate in every state in the United States. Okay, great. So can you quickly say also how your approach maybe differs, differs from what was being done before? You know, before it was kind of put the responsibility on that of the school district to package up their equipment, to know what they have, to get it sent into somebody. And then they were really getting paid pennies um, on the pound, basically for technology, or if they were getting more than that, it was a very small amount. So what we did was we came in and we assessed um, the needs of the school district, what they had, where it was located, how can we package it correctly for them, that it was a hands-off approach, that we wanted to make sure that when people are in a school district, they have primary jobs and that they spent their time educating students and working with the staff, not packaging technology correctly and making sure that it's going to the right places. So we go in, we take care of all of that for them. We bring it back to our facility where we evaluate it um, and we do a completely transparent process. We tag everything from the very beginning. We provide an audit process at the end showing that their data was responsibly destroyed, that their any information, identifying information is removed and that we then assess a cosmetic grade to it. And we pay them based on that grade. And all of that is communicated to them up front that what our grading scale is, what it, what your device will need to be to meet these scales. We make sure we operate with transparency. And I would say that's two of the biggest pieces that we differentiate between what we do now and what was happening before is that there is no hidden corners. There's no smoke and mirrors for what we do. We want to make sure that people are comfortable through the entire process and that ultimately they get as most value as they possibly can for their devices so that we know that that money is going back into the hands of students and teachers. Okay. Great. And do you exclusively work with school districts or other, I don't know, employers or businesses as well? Yeah, we started off in the education space, but now we work with um, enterprise, small, medium, large. We work with, in government sector. We work with um, 
I mean, you name it, we're kind of in the space now. We've done pharmaceuticals, we've done healthcare, where we where we can help, where there's a niche and there's a need, and we can provide those services to help them um, really give life to those devices that they have today. That that's where we kind of find ourselves gravitating towards. But education will always hold a special place in what we do. Um, it, it, it gave us our purpose and that purpose doesn't go away. We wanna make sure that kids and teachers have that equipment necessary to be productive as they move on from education. Yeah, absolutely. So folks in the business world have been hearing about and discussing this recent trend toward more remote workers, especially with so many employers desperate for skilled workers, it seems that many are willing to give their employees a little more flexibility, especially given some of the lessons we've learned from the pandemic showing that, you know, so many roles can be performed remotely nowadays. So as some employers may be kind of reevaluating their office budgets, what kind of, what kind of technology they need, is that influencing the work that, that your company does and your customers? You know, I think it starts with us internally. We, we were a Wisconsin based company. It's been our home. So it's always been really important for us to try to keep our people with us. And um, we've, always had remote workers, not a, not a lot of them, but we've had people in the field that work all over the country. But most of our staff was with us here at the office. And as the world changed, even we've had to reevaluate what it means for our building and what we do with our staff. And as we want to make sure we're bringing in really high-skilled professionals, knowing that there is this hybrid environment that we have to learn to adjust to, it's something that we didn't have to do much in the past. But it's been important and we've had a pivot. We readjusted our core values um, to really identify the right people for our company. And if you hit those core values and you can support our mission and vision, then you should be able to do your job from home or do your job from the office. And that's kind of been a guiding light for us. And as businesses have transitioned, I mean, we've done really large facilitation projects with companies from bringing in product directly from people's homes that their offices were closed and they didn't have a means to get everyone back together. You know, if you're in California for so long, you you weren't even allowed to congregate back in your building. So we have programs in place to help these enterprises and school districts in these remote environments to still collaborate with their teams to get the information they need to us so that we can facilitate trade-ins so that they can keep refreshing their devices for their staff without feeling like they have to have them all on the building premises. Okay. Gotcha. Looking ahead. Well, first off, you've already touched on some really tremendous growth in recent years since the company launched. What do the next several years look like? Are there any more plans to expand and how are you kind of approaching that? You know, for us, like the sky's the limit. We know there's a lot of just natural organic growth within the, both the enterprise industry and education. Um, but as we kind of grow up as a company, it's looking at what our services are and how we've been doing things and how can we do it better. So really looking at instead of a, a small consultative approach on the front end with a large transaction on the back end, we really want to be a, a bigger partner, especially for our education customers. Um, with people leaving the you know, education space, there's, there's knowledge gaps. And how can we come in and serve those knowledge gaps as a consultant to these districts and to businesses to really build sustainability plans out, to make their budgets last for 10 years into the future. So if there's turnover or there's change in you know, levies that you're not relying on, on those gaps to really fund your technology and to make sure that it's, it's stable. So we're looking at 
building a more robust consulting practice to what we do, being able to consult on um, those long-term budget plans, on funding streams that come from the local or federal governments, on different E-rates, on building your RFPs, where we can bridge a gap and we can take the school district and keep letting them focus on what's most important to them on their day-to-day and let us do those heavy lifting on the back end. That's really where we see our company going. In, a, in addition to enterprise, we've just built out, we've invested heavily in our enterprise um, procurement team, and they're really setting the foundation and the foundation and, you know, the work to, in the front end to really build out and be a better solution for enterprises on the back end. So I really look forward to seeing our business grow in that sector as well over the next few years. Okay, excellent. I also wanted to ask, you know, a lot of companies have been struggling with some of the supply chain challenges we've been hearing we've been seeing here in the United States and around the world has that been impacting your your company at all you know i think everyone even down the consumer feels the shipping right gas prices are up and shipping delays are real so we have to be very cognizant when we plan our pickups or our delivery of our equipment that we're really staying a attuned to where the market's at and that we're giving ourselves plenty of time to not disappoint anybody. Um, Ironically, we've just recently ran into our really first big struggle and it's with box labels. So after our product goes through the facility, our facility, it gets a grade and it gets put into consumer packaging and we adhere a label to the box and we use ultra removable labels. Well, there is a shortage on the adhesive on the back of those labels. There's only three major uh, manufacturers of that type of product and all three of them are out. You can get small allocation. So it took us quite a few years, but that was the first one that it's like, this is never something we would have thought we would have to worry about. And in our industry, we do a lot of, you know, taking off repackaging, moving it. We want to make sure we're meeting the needs of how our customers want to receive that product. So we're nimble in that sense. So it's had a a change on our operations and making sure we're very much planning in advance so that we're not ripping labels. And, but yeah, they said that there's no kind of end in sight to when that problem's going to get better. I see. And how did you, I guess, shift or respond to uh, deal with that challenge? So we do a lot of cross-departmental communication, which is really key for the success of our business. I mean, our people are all in all together to try to solve problems for each other. So it's our ops team working with our sales team to say, can we, we do um, pretty much, we call our guarantee your product your way. So how you want to receive it from us when we sell it, we make sure it's kitted to that standard. So there's times where we repackage things to adhere to that so that they're working together to try to be forward thinking and as much minimal back and forth as possible, but then also doing lots of research and finding vendors that maybe aren't exactly what we're looking for, but we can get by um, and establishing those relationships early. So it's been a lot of critical thinking on, on the spot, but my team is great and you know, putting their heads together to make sure that we can't, we can't stop. We got to keep going forward. So stopping is not an option and they know that. So they do a really good job working together to achieve those goals. Great. Well, Diamond, thank you so much for chatting with me today for the WISP Business Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. Definitely. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. You've been listening to WISP Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor.
Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.